Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Brian, have we met before? I looked through my emails, and I have an email from a Brian Dean from, like, way back, from, like, OTCpicks.com. It wasn't me back then. That was a different Brian Dean. No, we haven't How many Brian Dean out there? I went to school with a Brian Dean, too. I was curious if you were Persian. (laughs) There's a few out there. There's, like, a famous Australian rules rugby player that I had to outrank for a while. When I first started, he was number one in Google for all the stuff, and I've slowly eliminated him. him. Yeah, and there's some math professor at Clemson I've also kind of destroyed. So now I'm like dominate the first page. But there used to be a lot. And now, as far as Google's concerned, there's only one. You know what you should do? You should have an exploding topic article about Brian Dean. Oh, yeah. He's blowing <laughs> up right how now. searches for you have gone up, you know, 300% over <laughs> the past five years. And here's what's next. Brian Dean is going to have a, a promo for his high-end newsletter. But it's only going to last two weeks. So you might as well get it now because he's exploding. <laughs> Exactly. I just wrote marketing copy for you. Yeah, thank you. So I'll say, send me the invoice after our after the episode. So Brian, you, I've been reading your newsletter, Exploding Topics, and it's so fascinating. Every day, I get this new newsletter with the chart, and the chart always starts off in 2017, something was really small, and now in 2021, it's huge, and maybe in 2022, it's going to be even bigger. So for instance, Snail Mucin as a 233% increase, you know, since 2018 or, or because people are following the, uh, uh, this K pop beauty trend, Korean cosmetic exports have grown an average of 26 per year since t- 2015. We'll get to snail mucin in a second, but every day you have this obscure data, whether it's about supplements or clothes or software, or there's one for a massage gun called Sportnear and globally searches for massage gun are up 3,233% in the past two years. Who would know being economic lockdown, everybody would need massages so much. (laughs) And then you say, what's next? Like, what does this mean for the overall trend? But what I'm always curious about is, and I'm just getting right to it and we'll talk about some of the exploding topics, but I always want to know, what do I do with this information? Like if I'm entrepreneurial minded, it seems like every one of these could be a business. Like here's something I never heard of from January 12th. Searches for portable washing machines are up 144% over the last five years. And I'm looking at it, starts off small. It has spiked high. So what's a portable washing machine? 
it's just like it sounds. It's a washing machine that you basically install in your sink. So the water flows in from your sink and the dirty water flows back into the sink. And it's as people were really concerned about going to laundromats and a lot of laundromats were closed, people didn't have a lot, they didn't have a hookup for a washing machine in their apartment. So they're looking for this portable washing machine solution. And that's why searches spiked for that. And who even, I honestly have never even heard of a portable washing machine. Like who even makes portable washing machines? There's tons of them on Amazon. I'd never heard of them either, but there's portable everything now. Portable blenders are really big. It's kind of a, a meta trend that's a bunch of different portable things. Like portable bidets are trending right now too. People want a bidet that they can take on the road or just use in their house because they don't want to actually install a bidet in their house. So that's another portable device that's blowing up. I see this one. So searches per month, 8.1K for portable bidet. Growth is 209% over the past five years. And so... Let's say this looks to me like, oh, okay, this is a trend that's going to continue, particularly now that people are getting back to traveling and people are also used to the comforts of home. I think what's happened is in this case, people are not comfortable anymore having the comforts of home and replacing it all day long with the discomforts of the office or travel or whatever. So let's say this, I feel this is a trend that's going to continue. And, you know, you make a reasonable case about the growth, 209% growth, and then you always give a little bit of an argument of why this is happening and you relate it to other products like portable fridge, portable washing machine, portable sauna, which we could talk about next. But what do I do with this? I want to, I think, oh, okay, I'm going to get in the portable bidet business. Maybe there's room for me still. Is it too late? When, once I see it on Exploding Topics, your newsletter, is it too late for me to get into the business? Uh, usually not. We try to surface stuff pretty early. That And we especially focus on trends that aren't, aren't fads, that are trends that have legs that will probably continue based on our data. Impossible to predict the future, obviously, but we try to pick trends, especially the ones that we feature in the newsletter, that aren't fads, that are going to come and go you know, in a week. We want things that are going to be around for a year. So they're trends, but they're trends that are have legs and lasting power. In terms of what you do with it, it depends. We have a few different use cases that most people want these trends for investing purposes of some kind. Whether it's investing in startups, VCs are our main, like we basically create the newsletter and our paid product for VCs. They want to know this stuff. So when a portable bidet startup comes in their office, they're like, oh my God, I've heard of that already. I mean, that's obviously a crazy example, but in terms of SaaS or another DTC category, VCs want to know this stuff. Also, people that sell on Amazon or run e-commerce sites, they want to know these trending product categories so they can put them on their site while the going's hot. And some big brands, sometimes they want to know what to get into next, right? They're a big company that has tons of divisions and they're like, we need to make products. Oh, well, let's have a meeting about portable bidets and we can maybe make them. Yeah. So like, for instance, you said um, um, earlier this year, Red Bull ran a basement innovation competition and out of 3,800 products, a portable washing machine came out on top. So you're looking all over the place for your data. So we'll get into what do I do with this information in a second, but like, you do about three charts a day, and then you and then you have charts for your your pro product. What? Where do you get your data? Where do you look? How do you decide? What, what, you you, took, you just spoke a little bit. Of how do you decide? But where do you get your, all this amazing data? So we basically scrape it from different different pockets of the web that tend to surface trends before they start to take off. So a big one is Reddit. So we basically scrape most not most subreddits, but a lot of subreddits that tend to have conversations around technology or health. and Or even in health, we try to focus on subreddits where people are sort of on the, the cutting edge of this stuff. You know, people that 
that take freeze-dried organs and stuff like that. So we're looking at carnivore diet uh, subreddits, the OMAD subreddit, where people are more likely to say, hey, I just heard of this thing on Instagram. Have you guys heard of it? And they put it out there. So basically, we scrape that. We scrape Reddit. We scrape social media, podcasts, show notes, because those, a lot of times, people just mention, oh, I just heard of this thing, blah, 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 and they mention it. Um, we also look at shopping sites, so data from Amazon and other big e-commerce sites, and it basically scrapes millions and millions and millions and millions of these data points. And the algorithm says, this is a trend. This is not a fad. And it pulls it into a queue. And then we have a moderator who works part-time, but a lot, to curate all of the trends. And I would say for every 10 trends or 20 trends that it finds, one gets through, if that. It might be more like one to 50 now. We're a lot pickier wow. than we used to be. So it's a lot of curation because just so much noise, especially with the news, you get like a news item. It looks like a trend, but it's really going to, you know, in two weeks, no one's going to be talking about it. So we have that curation process to make sure these are legitimate trends and not fads. We have conversations about this all the time, like what's a trend, what's a fad, but you kind of know it when you see it. So, so let's say I want to make portable bidets. What would, what would be my first step, do you think? And I'm not saying that you're an expert on, on how to make all these products that you talk about. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. that you're uncovering the trends and it's up to the entrepreneur to, to figure, figure it out. But I'm just always amazed. Like, how do you make things? I'm not, I mean, the, the, you can go to Alibaba and find tons of factories that'll make it for you. You can also make a prototype yourself with 3D printing, which is what a lot of people do now, and then do a Kickstarter and raise money that way. And then when they get the funds, they can manufacture it. Uh, but 3D printing is usually how most people start with a physical product now. They create it and then they take it to a factory and they say, can you make you know, 1,000 of these, 10,000 of these? Wow, so you can make something like a portable bidet with a 3D printer? Definitely, that's easy to make because it's all plastic. So like here's, for instance, a portable bidet that's $7, but a US site, hellotushy.com, it's $30. So is that, you know, and we always talk about drop shipping is a side hustle, you should get into it. But is it realistic? Can I buy on Alibaba for $7 and then sell on Amazon or some other site for $30? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's, it's, it usually takes some more finessing than that. There's this rule, I forget what it's called, it's like 150 that a lot of people were doing that was a trend like a year ago during the height of the pandemic where people were buying these cheap products like a portable bidet for seven bucks or blue light blocking glasses, which were big. They'd buy these cheap ones for $7, create this brand, premium brand, like really high end to really emphasize the health benefits, something the cheap one wasn't doing, and then they would sell it for 50. So they buy, I think it was 550 or something, buy it for five, seven, or 50. So these crazy margins. And people were doing that. Now, I have no idea how practical that is, but that's one way people are taking advantage of the trends is they're buying these products for cheap and then slapping a different brand on them and selling them under their own brand on Amazon or on their own site. Yeah, like there's a there's a big public company Mohawk that does something like this. They they'll go to the they'll take hundred year old uh, brands like Igloo ice boxes who that don't really have an internet presence, but they've been around a hundred years, and they'll go to the same factory in China and say, look, every other box now coming off the assembly line, put our brand on it, and then they they game the Amazon algorithm, which uh, Igloo has no clue Amazon even exists, and within days they're number one on Amazon, and they do this for hundreds of SKUs hundreds of millions of revenues. It's, right. it's like a great thing. And I, but I'm just always curious if like the drop shipping, I feel for a while that was a fad in side hustling, but I think it probably still works to some extent. 
Probably, yeah. I mean, a new thing that's trending relates to that is called drop servicing. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that on one of your newsletters. T- tell me about that one. It's basically drop shipping for labor or services. So a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll go on Fiverr and find a gig that's that works well. They'll test out a bunch of gigs, find one where the person delivers something good, and then they'll look on Upwork and other job boards for projects related to that gig and charge, let's say, 50 and then they'll buy a Fiverr gig for 5 or 10 bucks, and then be the middleman between the two and just deliver the service to Fiverr or just hire someone cheap. There's an incredible arbitrage there. So it begs the question, why isn't someone who's using Upwork just go to Fiverr and do the same thing? Because maybe people don't trust Fiverr. <laughs> they're like, I don't trust Fiverr, but I trust Upwork, having no idea that they're, the stuff they're getting is actually from Fiverr at the end of the day. I might do that. For instance, I might use Upwork instead of Fiverr. I say, look, I don't want to have to call India at three in the morning to find out if they're working on my job, I'm paying you to do this. Right. And it's not, actually, it's not shady at all. I mean, if you're, right. you're doing the process, you're maybe testing out 25 or gigs, finding two that are good, you know, you're doing the work of finding the two that are good and you're just charging a premium for it. That person, like you or me, I'm the same way. I just go to Upwork and I'm like, I just want the best person. I'll pay whatever. Um, but someone that's, bar- that's shopping around, might want might go on Fiverr, but there's a plenty of suckers like us who will happily pay somebody, and they're charging whatever. And I don't even care if it comes from Fiverr if it's good and it's you know the rate I agree to, I'm fine with it. So I, here's here's a here's one of the exploding topics, and this one I really relate to because I've got wax in one of my ears, I could barely hear out of one of my ears, and I just keep delaying going to the doctor. But searches for ear cleaning kits are up 226 percent over the last two years. What are they? Ear cleaning kits typically contain silicone wax removers, metal picks, irrigation systems, and I guess it cleans out your ear, something I need. And I wonder to myself, why did I never think to like buy one of these or make one of these? Again, it's such a great entrepreneurial thing. How did you come across this? That one, I mean, I don't know that one specific. I mean, we have like, we track like almost 10,000 trends right now. So I don't know where all of them came from, but that one sounds like it came from Amazon. Um, that's usually one of those niche products that wives are buying for their husbands. It sounds like, cause I know my wife bought one for me. <laughs> so, and then how do you, does Amazon track, let you see the data of how much is up over the past two years? No, no, we don't, we use our own proprietary thing for determining a proprietary system for determining the searches that are going up, but for finding the actual term, Amazon just, I mean, they're all public the product pages and they also have a, um, a trending section on their site. So they feature trending stuff. Most of it's, you know, specific products that aren't that good, but if you scrape enough of Amazon and just query it and say, how many searches it's getting, how is it growing? You'll find some gems in there. So I'm going to go to Alibaba for ear cleaning kit, a dollar or two. And here's an earwax removal kit at Walmart for $22. So clearly yeah, that's a profitable business. How would you go about like getting branding? How do you see people getting branding for stuff like this? Like how do they get known once they start doing it? Mostly they don't. These these people, most of them, if they're just ta- they're just going to be like I'm going to be the ear cleaning kit brand. They just create fly by night brands and just go full Instagram Facebook ads. Most of them don't have any organic presence. Maybe they do a little bit of Instagram. Um it depends on the trend. Like if you're like, "Oh, I see this trend of ear health." And I want to create this ear health product brand where I do ear cuffs and ear seeds, which is big too now, um, which are basically What's an magnets. Ear seed? It's basically these magnets you put in your ear that are like acupressure and they're supposed to heal different stuff. My acupuncture guy actually uses them. 
Um, but yeah, so if you're like, I want to create this ear health brand, some people are creating entire brands around these trends. But most of them that are going after these specific products are just buying them from Alibaba or somewhere cheap, creating a Facebook ads campaign and just crushing it on there because they know Facebook ads. They know nothing about fulfillment. So like you said, it's all it's mostly drop shipping in that case. So like, for instance, they, they do a Facebook ad, they collect the orders, and then they tell the, the Chinese factory where to send all the products. Exactly. Kind of, kind of like you're saying with Igloo, they don't know anything about digital marketing, but they know how to make an awesome cooler. It's the opposite. These guys know how to run Facebook ads. They know how to create a brand really quickly, get it off the ground, start running Facebook ads. We have no idea how to actually create a product or do product development. So they just buy stuff off the shelf that they can pretty much get right away from Alibaba or somewhere. I love this one, magnesium gummies, because I hear all the time, you need more magnesium, you need more magnesium, but I hate taking supplements and pills and stuff, but I love gummy bears. So this was a, this was a trend. Let me, let me look up what the statistics were that you say. Uh, I just, I wrote down magnesium gummies in my notes. Um, and I think this was a recent one. Uh, yeah, this is from a couple weeks ago, July 13th. They're high dose magnesium supplements in gummy form. Studies suggest that up to 75% of people don't meet their recommended daily intake of magnesium, which is leading to increased demand for magnesium gummy bears. And the supplement category has grown from 8 million to 14 million over the past two years. And sales of supplements have grown by, uh, magnesium gummy supplements have grown by 130%. So, so again, I would go to Alibaba and say, hey, I want James's magnesium gummies. And then I would just go all over the place advertising, you know, doing classic marketing, uh, for, for gummy bears. Exactly. Or say, say you're a supplement brand and you want to create a blog post or a video about magnesium gummies. Now you're going to get in on this keyword early before it starts to take off. So that's another way that you can use it. You don't necessarily have to like create a product around each of them. All of that's obviously the, like what most people are going to do. Now, do you need any kind of FDA approval to sell like a vitamin supplement? No. No, famously, you don't. There's no regulation at all. I mean, you're liable if you produce something like that damage that hurts people, but there's almost no regulations with supplements. So in this one, you say you use um, data from retail analytics company ClearCut. So there's a lot of companies out there also that, do, that you pay a lot of money to see these high-end reports. Uh, what, what does ClearCut do? They're like a online retail analytics company. They track sales and things of that nature. That was just a stat we pulled from, from there. But yeah, there is a lot of these services that are like market research um, that they, they have da proprietary data from who knows, some of them. You have no idea if it's like Ukrainian spyware or whatever, but they get it and you can buy it. So some of it's useful uh, for supporting some of the trends. Like if you look at portable washing machines, you're like, I don't know anything about this. Sometimes it's good to supplement with these other services and figure out how many people are actually buying this stuff instead of just searching for it. What is the average sale? How much, you know, how much are people making on Amazon per month, which you can uh, estimate using some tools, things like that. And, and what's, what's some of the, I mean, all these topics always amaze me because I think to, uh, to your curation, none of these things I've ever heard, most of these things I've never heard of before, like even in industries which I'm familiar with, like, um, I didn't know what a credit builder card was, but you say searches for credit builder cards are up 1,257% over the last five years. And a credit builder card is a credit card designed for people with no credit history or low credit scores. So to reduce the bank's risk, these cards are typically secured by a refundable deposit in the amount of the credit limit. 
So what does that mean? They, uh, somebody gives me a credit builder card and then I, they give me a hundred dollar limit and I give them a hundred dollars just so I could build my credit score. It's basically a debit card that's not tied to a bank and it doesn't withdraw from your bank account. It's, you have a credit on the credit card, so it builds up your credit score, but you can't ever like default on or anything. And there's interest payments and all that stuff, but usually the limit is like a hundred bucks, 500 bucks or something like that but they're blowing up because so many people have bad credit and it's hard to get a credit card with, with bad credit. So these are like a hack that people are using. They're getting these credit cards with these tiny limits and just buying stuff, paying it off, buying stuff, paying it off, and that pumps up their credit score. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests? And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee. And I still, to this day, get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of Entertainment at NBC or whatever? 
So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely got to use HIMS for now. Not on. that you need it. You're you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hymns.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Back to snail mucin, which I love. Apparently, this is a great beauty product in the Korean cosmetic exports trend, which has grown 26% per year, which is a huge growth. What would I do with snail mucin? I mean, <laughs> you put it on your face. <laughs> I'm, I'm just pounding you on it. <laughs> I don't mind. I'm just saying for snail mucin, if you're a beauty brand that's like, oh, let's go, you know, what, are we, what category are we going to go into next? This might be something that wasn't even on your radar screen. And now you're like, let's look into this. And even if you don't end up making a snail mucin topical cream, you might say, let's look at some other K-beauty products that are trending because K-beauty is just blowing up right now. Um, so let's look at some other K-beauty products that we can include or create a K-beauty regimen. K-beauty is this like 11-step process you do every night. So let's position our products that you use 11 of them at night just like K-beauty. So there's different ways to go about it, but how you'd actually get snail mucin, that one's going to be a lot harder than Alibaba because it's literally the slime from a snail in an extract. You know what's also interesting though is, and you've, you've pointed this out in, in many different letters, how in almost every category, subscription boxes are trending up. And in part, this was due to the economic lockdown. Like I, for the first time, started getting subscription box meals during the lockdown to try to eat healthy. And 
I really enjoyed the whole subscription box thing. I didn't think I would. So potentially someone could make a K beauty subscription box for the drop shippers themselves. Like we'll send you all the basic ingredients. You brand it however you want. Yeah, that's, that's smart. Like combining the two things, combine the two trends that people like subscription boxes. So there's subscription boxes in almost every category. Oh yeah. There's tons of them. I mean, the big one now is like international food. So snacks from Japan and Korea and all these international snacks, uh, Colombia, that you can get these snacks every month that are from, that are very exotic. Like, because as you see, as I'm sure you know, James, from going overseas, sometimes you see this chips, you're like, what is that? Like, it doesn't even look great. That's like a squid on the package. So you can get those every month and those are blowing up right now. Like Boxu uh, Box, that's the big Japanese one, an Asian one. That one's up like 5,000% over the last five years or something like that. 79, I actually have it right here, 7,900%. I feel like you need a lot of energy to get into one of these businesses because you can't you like you like you have to actually deal with physical products. And so there's only so many like if I were to make a bet on a physical product to sell, you're, you're betting that the product is trending upwards, but that's the research I get through you. You're betting that you can execute on it and make it. You're betting that you can do marketing better than the other. A lot of these are not quite commodities, but as you say, there's many competitors who, who see these trends and that's why it's trending upwards. And uh, you have to kind of do marketing better than all of them. So how do, how do you think if I were to just, and if I'm listening to this and thinking, huh, I want to check out the Exploding Topics newsletter and see, um, you know, what's the latest massage gun? What's the latest snail mucin? What's the latest, you know, anti-aging gummy bear where I like these pre-bi- prebiotics gummy bears or, uh, there was one uh, bladder rack, which mm, the seaweed, but uh, it's a form of seaweed rich in iodine and magnesium and vitamin C, and it can treat thyroid disorders, inflammation, heartburn, anxiety, and more, or soothe irritated. See, I thought it was for the bladder actually, but now I'm reading this, and it's for all these other things, and it's part of the food grade beauty products meta trend. How would I, listening to this, decide which one to do? I mean, it's, it's, there's a couple of things. One is like, do you have an interest or specialty in that area? And I should point out, there are some, I mean, uh, we have plenty of trends that aren't physical products, um, like yeah. video that are SaaS. A lot of or, software trends. Yeah, a lot, because that's obviously huge. Crypto trends are obviously huge. NFTs, uh, DeFi, decentralized finance. But yeah, in terms of the, the, the physical products, Part of it would be like, what can I bring to the table? Because like you said, James, anyone can just make a bladder whack supplement or make a portable bidet. But if you're interested in that, if you're passionate about that area, that space, then you're going to have an edge over everybody else when you launch it. Um, Or if you have an existing audience in that space. So let's say you're like an influencer in the health space. You're like, I launched my own portable bidet. You're going to sell them out, you know, sell them more than some random person with no audience. So yeah, a lot of these uh, products are also influencers are creating their own brands and selling this stuff on their own. They're looking at these products that are trending, creating their own branded version and selling them to their audience who are super loyal, as you know. What what, what are the ones that you've seen recently that excite you the most? Software um, or physical or whatever? Yeah, well, the interesting one for me is all the video production software and Oh, that yeah, space I saw you is mentioned huge. video proc. Yeah, video proc. Veed is another one that's big right now. Uh, Ucut, Video Leap. They're just these a very accessible video editing tools because I think 
James, you're like me. You've been in the game for a while. You remember how it used to be to edit a video? It was like you had to have a PhD. No, it was impossible. It was crazy. Now they're basically like not as easy as uploading a video to Instagram, but not that far off. They have all these intuitive features. They stripped out a lot of stuff. And the same with podcasting, like the scripts and things like that. There's a lot of uh, action in that space. So I'm, I like that space a lot. I have a YouTube channel. So I have someone edit my videos, but even the ones I make on my, on my phone, I'm always like, I wish it was an easier way to edit this. It's always so complicated. And now there's software launched from the start just for people that aren't tech savvy, just for people to post on social media. And, and, and they, they kind of take one or two features, uh, and, and make it very easy to do those features, like, uh, like a jump cut or something like that. Exactly. So you just click a button and it does a thing. Like it's, it's more or less you upload a video that's just like five minutes. You can just use your finger. A lot of them are, are mobile apps. You could just drag the area you want to cut, cut it, put it together. You can do transitions and fades and graphics and all that stuff. And it's just, if you've used one, you're going to, it's like a revelation that this, I can't believe it wasn't always like this. I can't believe I was messing around. I, I think some people might, might be listening to this and say, well, I don't know software. How would I do it? But it's really not that hard to hire on Fiverr or freelance or whatever, somebody who will do it for maybe a few thousand dollars and it's a simple app and they'll set you up in the app store. There might even be easier ways. There's no code sites now. No code is a big thing that's trending. So like, how would you make a, a, a video, a simple video editing piece of software? Yeah, I would also outsource. I don't know how to code myself. I have a co-founder that is the coder that developed the whole system and algorithm that we use, and he would be able to build it in like a day. <laughs> but for me, I would definitely be on Upwork saying, I need help. I don't even know what to do. Um, but not all software has to be that complicated, right? I mean, one of the big the trends, uh, a startup that we found super early that just got acquired was Wave. I don't know if you're familiar with them, James, as yeah. a podcaster. It's basically software to help you share clips from your podcast. Because as you know, no one wants to watch a whole podcast like on Twitter or on YouTube. So people, people like to splice them up. And this was a way to cut, take audio from your podcast that's maybe like 30 seconds and share it on Twitter. And just they made it easy. Not, I'm sure like the tech behind it's not that complicated. They're not ex-Google engineers. They're actually a couple of guys in South Carolina. And they built this thing, took it to like 1.5 million uh, ARR and just sold it a couple months ago. So the software is not, and they just got into that trend that was like podcasts. People were creating podcasts, and they didn't know how to get the word out, and they made it a little bit easier. How did they get the word out? Uh, they said they used mostly SEO. In the beginning, they reached out to podcasts, and they offered to. They basically give podcasters free accounts. We're like, hey, we'll hook you up with a free account. You can uh, just share your clips, and podcasters. I don't know if all of them, but a lot of them were like, "This is great. This is helpful." You know, right now I'm just sharing my whole hour on YouTube. No one's watching. I don't know how to share a clip on social media. I'm not tech savvy. And they made it so you could just take a clip from an episode and share it on Twitter really easily. And it plays within Twitter and it plays within Facebook. So you don't have to go to the person's site. So that was, you know, kind of innovative in a way. But like you said, like, it's definitely something like you said, James, you could get an Upwork. Someone could do that for you. What do you see trending in crypto? Uh, The big thing is like our accessible DeFi products. So things related to... Uh, like either staking or just savings accounts, crypto savings accounts, things that are more mainstream. So I've seen in the last couple of months this transition from, I call it like DeFi 1.0 to DeFi 2.0, which is DeFi 1.0 was like the infrastructure behind it all. That's where you have like blockchains and protocols and all that stuff that's 
the layer. That's kind of like the old, um, the internet. And now we're seeing like the World Wide Web on top of that. And that's where all these very accessible, like BlockFi is, is a huge one. That's just an accessible way to do all this stuff. Now, Coinbase is kind of an example, but they only do crypto. Um, but if you wanted to like create a crypto savings account and do staking on it, you can't do that. And there's plenty of new startups that are coming out or about to launch that are in that space that are just making it more accessible, this whole like kind of what was a shady thing, you know, trading crypto and all that stuff. So, and actually we're seeing a lot of action in NFTs. It's not totally dead, especially in fashion. So a lot of brands are launching NFT versions of their shoes, of their, you know, shorts or whatever. And those are still growing as searches for NFTs are dropping. So there's probably niche use cases for NFTs that are going to stick around. And it looks like fashion is one of them. In fact, a VC reached out to me after we featured one in a newsletter a little while ago. And he was like, well, we're you know, really getting into this space. Like, who do you guys know in this space? NFT fashion is going to be like the next big thing. I don't even understand. Like, why would someone buy like a digital image of a shoe instead of a shoe? You're talking to the wrong. I mean, some of them, one uh, digital shoe sold for 25 grand. Oh, it was a pair, actually. It's just a pair of shoes. But when it's digital, it doesn't matter if it's one or two, which is to me is craziness. But like NFT, and that was after NFTs, like that whole NFT craziness died down. Um, so they're still selling despite NFT, the NFT craze sort of leveling out. What's one of the pro trends that you've seen recently that it kind of blew you away? And the, I should mention the Exploding Topics Pro is your four pay service. I don't know how you distinguish between the topics and what you do differently. Yeah, I mean, most of it is we feature them early. So you get earlier access um, to the topics. We don't share them for like at least six months to a year um, outside wow. of the pro. Uh, so the big one that's really interesting for me is uh, our cleaning tablets. That is this kind of like niche trend that these companies are getting funded left and right and no one is talking about them. They're basically, instead of buying a bulk thing of laundry detergent or dishwashing liquid, you get a tablet that you can dilute and use the same container over and over again. So it's like an eco-friendly version. And a lot of these are subscription-based. So they're these startups that are like, instead of buying your laundry detergent at the store, we'll send you these tablets you know, on repeat once a month. And they only sell that way. They only sell D2C and they only sell in tablet form. And those are like, for me, that's an interesting one that we share that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. And a lot of these companies are getting not huge funding rounds, but like seed funding rounds. So there's some traction there. They're already getting sales, already having, getting customers and it's recurring revenue, which is pretty rare, you know, for the Because they're doing the subscription space. thing? They, yeah, they, you can only get them from, from, by subscription. And people are happy to do it because it's eco-friendly approach, which people are really concerned about single-use plastic, right? So you can get a, a instead of, you know, sometimes that picture is like a hundred um, dishwashing liquid containers. It's like a tiny pack of tablets and you just dilute them in your house. How do you stand out in that space? A lot of influencer marketing. So there's a lot of influencer marketing about like minimalist lifestyle, eco-friendly, kind of like mommy blogs, but on Instagram, you know, those natural mommy blogs where yeah. they share the recipes and stuff, but they've kind of moved to Instagram and they'll share their like, oh, I just look at this cleaning tab. I just used it and it turned into like a gallon of dishwashing liquid that I can, I can use and sponsored by whatever. Um, I would think influencer marketing would be very successful. Like if you find a good TikToker and you say, listen, I use this cleaning tablet for all my laundry and, you know, I'm trying to live a healthier lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, influencer marketing on 
is overall trending up only a little bit. But like you said, James, TikTok is huge. Like in, searches for TikTok influencers are up 99x over the last five years. It's just all like completely gone crazy because all these Instagram influencers are really expensive. They're not even responding to a lot of outreach. And on TikTok, like you said, people are just more engaged there and influencers are more likely to team up with you basically. And that's uh, another one that's in the paid that we talk about a lot now is media on the blockchain. So blockchain tech, instead of using it for currency, using it for media, like Audius, which is like Spotify in the blockchain, Livepeer, which is like streaming, like Twitch on the blockchain. Because a lot of people are concerned about censorship on these platforms. So they're creating basically blockchain decentralized versions of social media networks. And it's really early with this stuff, but they're really interesting because it's decentralized, but also because they're monetizing the creators directly. So for example, with Steemit, which is kind of like a Facebook on the blockchain, yeah. you get paid for actually posting engaging content. So when people engage with their content, you get paid with it. So it incentivizes you to post engaging stuff. So for me, that's another area that's really cool. So it seems like you have the Exploding Topics Pro. Here's another idea for you. You should do um, Exploding Topics How To. So for each product, the for pay version of the, of today's issue will tell me how step step by step how I can um, implement each product. Maybe you pick one of the topics and you do an interview with someone who's making who, who's generated a thousand x you know growth in the past year, something like that. Mm, that's a good so idea. I would pay for that. You want to get into the portable bidet space? Uh, I would read. I would certainly read about someone who's doing it. <laughs> okay. I would, I would pay for that, and then, or magnesium gummies. I would pay like, how do you make a gummy bear? I I, I would want to know, or, or maybe there's even like on you know these sites like Flippa or Empire Builders where you could buy small businesses. Maybe there's businesses for sale even doing some of these things. Uh, and then another thing is, have you ever thought about doing some kind of like small private equity fund or venture capital firm or something like that, that that's based on the newsletter? Yes, I definitely have. And I mean, we've I've invested in stuff we find in the crypto space because that's just the easiest to get started. Like you see a coin, an altcoin blowing up and you just invest in it. Um, but other than that, I have considered, I'm an angel investor myself, so I've definitely considered creating something around this to find these startups early, reach out to them, maybe before they have funding, like a, like an angel seed round. Reach out to them and say, we, you're trending, we want to get involved. Like with crypto, is there any specific kind of chatter you see before an altcoin goes from one exchange to being uplisted to a, a more important exchange? Oh yeah, there's usually a huge spike. A lot of times by then it's not it's not too late, but it depends on the coin. But usually I try to find them when they're still on those shady exchanges. Um, that's when the the real growth is. Not always. There's some that go on, you know, a big one, and they still continue to grow. But the real growth is usually those early stages. But it depends. Usually it's like the for crypt for all coins, it's like a spike as it comes out. So the ICO, then it drops off and then it starts it gets momentum behind it. People enter the projects. Maybe they announced a new project, it starts to blow up, and then it's kind of dips, and then it goes on the other main, you know, an ex, a bigger exchange like Kraken or whatever, and it starts to blow up. So that second, I usually don't get involved in ICOs and in, in that, but that second spike is usually uh, pretty solid. Yeah, if you see like a, a kind of common trend in the chatter about it before it gets uplisted to a Kraken or something like that, that might be in, uh, yeah. an interesting newsletter just all by itself, just a crypto-based one. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
So, I mean, I think there's so many ways you could build your business, which is why I loved, uh, I always love getting the, the newsletter in the email and, and opening it and seeing, oh, snail mucin, time to, time to research this little business idea. But I would pay more. I, I would pay to see like interviews with people who are doing it and how they're doing it. Like, I think that could be, you know, an exciting, you know, even if it's just one topic a week or one topic every two weeks, you could build a really good database of, of stories that you could access and that people, people want to know how to do these things. Like I'm always at a loss and I've built plenty of businesses, but I'm always at a loss, like how to start a, a business in a brand for me, a brand new industry, like just all the details. Yeah. Say, I mean, same here. Uh, that's why most of our our target audience are investors because they don't have to worry about someone else worries about that, right? They just invest in the company and the you know the people they invest in, they're doing all the legwork or the drop shippers or whatever. But there are plenty of people that have created entire products around stuff they've seen in the newsletter or in on the site and been successful with it. And um, so it's definitely possible, but like you said, that's kind of a young man's game, I think, making your own portable bidet. I'm like you, I'm like, I can't really be bothered with that. Um, but I think there's that there's some truth to what you're saying that it would be helpful to have some follow up steps. Like, say you wanted to actually create a snail mucin uh, topical cream, what's the first step? Because I personally don't know, uh, so I'd be curious to know that too. Yeah, well, Brian, these are so many um, interesting topics and trends, and and I definitely encourage people to get your newsletter. I get it, you know, every week. I guess I get it once a week. I don't get the pro, but I should get the pro. It sounds like it's 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 worth it. And we, you should come on again every every couple of months. Tell us the latest uh, trending topics. Anytime, James. Happy to do it. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Brian. And this is this has been really fun. And it's a, it's so many interesting things to to research once I start reading your newsletter. There's really I always tell, don't go back to an office now. Like offices, I don't want to say they're always deadening, and you can meet friends and you could do meaningful work in an office. But to explore at least these topics as you do, and then to kind of be creative about how you can make it and market it and sell it and be different, you're going to fail a lot. But when it succeeds, it's, it really feels good. You make money and, and it's, it's worth it. So thanks again for doing this. No problem, James. Thanks for having me. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.